Good morning, and welcome to Simply Economics. It's Tuesday, February 20th. On today's show, a Ball State economist predicts that the fight against inflation may soon be over, and an economic model reveals the link between trust in government and the adoption of renewable energy. Plus, economists highlight housing as a persistent challenge for the Bank of Canada. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Economics. We start off with a hopeful note on the economic front. The battle with inflation that has been ongoing for the past three years may finally be nearing its end. This is the assessment of Dr. Michael Hicks, an economics professor at Ball State University, He believes that wages are finally starting to catch up with the prices of basic needs like milk and eggs. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Economics. Can you tell us more about Dr. Hicks' perspective on this issue? Certainly, David. Dr. Hicks acknowledges that items like milk, eggs, and gasoline appear more expensive than ever. However, he urges people to consider the broader picture. He points out that while we see the rise in prices of these commodities, we often fail to recognize that wages have also been increasing. This increase in wages, according to Hicks, has the same cause as the rise in prices. What other factors does Dr. Hicks believe we should consider? Dr. Hicks highlights the impact of global events on prices. For instance, the Ukrainian war with Russia and the Israeli conflict with Hamas have influenced gas prices. With eggs, last year's avian flu outbreak which led to the culling of thousands of birds, played a role. He emphasizes that these factors, along with others, contribute to the price changes we see. So how does the increase in wages factor into the inflation equation? According to Hicks, wages have, on average, increased during the period of inflation. As wages rise, they essentially cancel out the effect of inflation. He believes that as wages continue to rise, the Federal Reserve will likely start rolling back interest rates. He also points out that there was a period in late 2022 and early 2023 when wages were growing more slowly than inflation, which caused some pain. What about the prices of milk and eggs? Will we ever see them return to their pre-2021 levels? Dr. Hicks believes that it's unlikely we'll see prices return to their pre-2021 levels. Instead, He expects wages to continue rising to meet the level of inflation. He also warns that a drop in these prices, or deflation, could indicate a larger problem with the economy. Are there any sectors where wages have not risen as much as they should have? Yes, public sector jobs are one area where wages have not kept pace with inflation. Professionals like teachers, police officers, and firefighters have had a particularly tough time dealing with inflation. And what about unemployment? What's the current situation? Dr. Hicks says that unemployment is as low as it can possibly get outside of wartime, with the national unemployment rate sitting at 3.7%. Thanks for that update, James. Now, shifting our focus to South Africa, it seems the country's transition to renewable energy sources is being hindered by a number of factors, with corruption being a major one. A recent paper has shed light on how perceptions of corruption in the country's institutions, particularly those involved in energy, have significantly impacted the shift to clean energy. Here to discuss this further is Bella, a correspondent for Simply Economics. 
Can you tell us more about this study and its findings? Certainly, David. The study was based on an econometric model, which combines statistics, mathematical models, and economic theories to understand and model economic problems. The model showed that greater trust in institutions would make people, policymakers, and businesses more inclined to adopt renewable energy practices. It also found that the quality of the regulatory framework and government's effectiveness shaped people's views, which in turn affected decisions around adding renewable energy to the supply mix. What does this mean for South Africa's energy transition? South Africa's energy transition faces a host of challenges, from technical and financial challenges to broader political, socioeconomic, and institutional hurdles. The key to a successful energy transition is policy that's aligned with what the environment and the society need. It's essential to improve institutional quality, put anti-corruption procedures in place, and have clear rules. How has the energy situation in South Africa changed over the years? The energy situation in South Africa has changed significantly since the mid-1990s. Then, coal made up 73-76% of the primary energy mix. Oil made up 21 to 22 percent. By 2022, coal's share had fallen to almost 69 percent. The share of renewable energy sources had increased to roughly 2.3 percent. The year 2008 was a turning point for the South African economy, particularly the energy sector. Due to factors like the global financial crisis, changes in government policies, leadership changes, power cuts, and rising electricity prices. What role do institutions play in this transition? Institutions play a crucial role. The study used three of the world governance indicators to represent institutional quality, corruption perception index, regulatory quality, and government effectiveness. The models showed a positive relationship between perceptions of corruption-free institutions and the rollout of renewable energy. However, transparent and effective regulation potentially hindered the adoption of cleaner alternatives. This is because regulatory decisions have mostly supported the country's energy dependence on fossil fuels. Furthermore, close ties between stable governments and the conventional energy sector can influence policy choices, potentially hampering the promotion of renewable energy sources. What are the next steps for South Africa in terms of its energy transition? South Africa has a new Integrated Resource Plan 2023, which proposes a near-term plan that combines gas, solar, wind, and battery storage. However, to boost the adoption of cleaner energy, South Africa needs to take urgent action to fight corruption and improve confidence in the country's institutions. Policymakers should focus first on making regulatory changes. Efficient procurement procedures and honest practices would speed up the shift to renewables. What's needed are streamlined procurement, greater transparency, and more competition. Thanks for that update, Bella. Now, shifting our focus to monetary policy, as the Bank of Canada contemplates the right time to start cutting interest rates, some economists argue that the decision should not be dependent on the housing market. The country's inflation rate has been fluctuating over the past few months, and the latest data from Statistics Canada is expected to show a decrease in the inflation rate. Here to delve deeper into this is our correspondent. Michael, can you give us more insight into the current economic situation in Canada? Certainly, David. Canada's inflation rate has been somewhat volatile, moving up and down after dropping from its 2022 highs. This is due to fading global price pressures and a cooling economy. 
Forecasts from RBC, CIBC, and TD suggest that the annual rate eased to 3.2% in January, down from 3.4% in December. The slowdown is likely driven by energy and food prices, according to Nathan Jansen, RBC's assistant chief economist. So, how are these changes in inflation expected to impact the Bank of Canada's decision on interest rates? As high borrowing costs cause consumers and businesses to reduce spending, Inflation is expected to slowly approach the 2% target by the end of the year. However, unlike typical scenarios when interest rates rise, the housing market won't be aiding the economy's slowdown. Economists widely expect shelter costs to continue rising this year, complicating the Bank of Canada's task. What role does the housing market play in this situation? The housing market has been a significant factor in the inflation equation. In December, shelter costs were up 6% from a year ago, and grocery prices rose 4.7% annually. James Orlando, TD's Director of Economics, argues that the central bank shouldn't delay cutting interest rates while waiting for the housing market to slow, given that high interest rates aren't going to help reduce those costs. What other factors are influencing the Bank of Canada's decision? The Bank of Canada has recently emphasized the significant role housing has played in propping up inflation. It noted that shelter costs are now the primary driver of above-target inflation. RBC points out that mortgage interest costs, which are driven by the central bank's rate hikes, account for a quarter of inflation. If those costs were removed, inflation would be in the 1-3% to target range. What are the potential implications of cutting interest rates too early? If the central bank were to cut rates too early, it could cause extra froth in the housing market. However, Orlando argues that the Bank of Canada should still focus on how the economy overall is faring, rather than fixating too closely on shelter. He suggests that to achieve 2% inflation, prices for other goods and services would essentially have to stop growing to compensate for high housing costs. What is the stance of the central bank on housing costs? In a recent speech, Governor Tiff Macklem conceded that the central bank can't do much when it comes to housing costs. He pointed out that housing supply has fallen short of housing demand for many years due to zoning restrictions, delays and uncertainties in the approval processes, and shortages of skilled workers, none of which can be addressed by monetary policy. After hearing from our Simply Economics reporter Michael about the complex interplay between inflation interest rates, and the housing market in Canada, let's shift our focus to Japan. Once an economic powerhouse, Japan has now slipped to fourth place behind Germany in the ranking of the world's largest economies. The country is grappling with a complex web of economic stagnation characterized by a weak yen and diminishing global competitiveness. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Economics. Can you tell us more about the current economic situation in Japan? Certainly, David. Japan's economic stagnation is a result of several factors. For instance, consider Toyota losing its title for producing the world's best-selling car to Tesla. Toyota has fallen behind in the electric vehicle race, which is a significant blow to its global competitiveness. While a weakened yen might momentarily benefit the export sector, it also underscores Japan's economic vulnerability and dependence on a few industries. And how does this weakened yen impact the average citizen in Japan? A weakened yen leads to an increase in the cost of imported goods and services, 
resulting in higher living expenses for the average citizen. This is particularly harsh for Japan, which relies heavily on imports for energy and food. The middle class finds itself squeezed, with disposable income shrinking and the cost of living escalating. What about the country's technological sector? How is it faring in the global race for tech talent? Despite being the world's fourth largest economy, Japan ranks 26th globally in annual pay for IT workers. This discrepancy reflects a deeper issue of Japan's failure to attract and retain top engineering talent. The best engineers are looking elsewhere for opportunities, resulting in a brain drain. This situation is worsened by the fact that Japan's tech industry, once a global leader, has been overshadowed by the rapid rise of Silicon Valley and the burgeoning tech hubs in China and India. So what does this mean for Japan's future? The current economic scenario in Japan serves as a cautionary tale about the complexities of managing a mature economy during a dire population crisis. As Japan struggles with its economic hurdles amidst a dwindling workforce, the journey ahead appears inevitably marked by a decline. The government is exploring various strategies to mitigate the negative impacts, including increasing workforce participation among women and older citizens, implementing policies to boost birth rates, and integrating advanced technologies and robotics to compensate for labor shortages. That's a sobering outlook indeed. Thanks to our Simply Economics reporter Celeste for her insights. And with that, we conclude our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Economics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.